Come on, lift your hands all over the place. How many of you love him this morning? Oh, come on, I think you can do better than that. How many of you love him this morning? I want to share something with, uh, with Pastor Aaron in just a moment. The Lord gave me something for you this morning. And uh, every, every moment but before I go to minister, I always, you know, I, I review the notes, I look over everything, but then I close everything up and I say, God, is there anything else you want to say? And uh, so he just had you on his mind today. And he took me to a passage of scripture um, and uh, it's found in uh, Psalm 25, and it's uh, verse 14, and it says this. It says, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. I just heard the Lord say this. God said this about you. He's my friend, that you're his friend. I just think that's good. That's good. You just needed to hear that today. Where's your lovely bride at? Where's Wendy? Hey, Wendy. I know we met for a moment back in St. Louis, but uh, good to see you. Um, again, I'm part of a ministry. I didn't start the ministry, but I'm part of a ministry uh, called Developing Great Relationships in Pella, Iowa. And uh, how many of you have ever been to Pella? Okay, put your hands down. It's about all of you. How many has ever been to Tulip Time? Wow. Boy, that's, uh, that's a big time, and uh, my wife and I really uh, come, this, this March is three years, three years that we've been there, and, um, and so we just get an honor and a privilege to minister uh, to marriages uh, throughout Iowa, and really where the Lord's taken us now is throughout the country. Uh, we've got, matter, matter of fact, in September, there's about two or three churches that will be doing back-to-back on the East Coast because we would do what we call uh, uh, their away marriage retreats. We have a facility in Pella called the Straw Town Inn, and it's been converted into a retreat center for marriages. So we have pretty dominantly 90% of them that are coming through are, are from Iowa. But we've just really scratched the surface, and if I'm not mistaken, we're literally about three, maybe four weekends away this year being completely booked. That's just, we're just so thankful for what the Lord is doing. And uh, we got a tremendous team. And matter of fact, uh, he don't know I'm going to do this, but our actually, my best friend, uh, 22 years that we've been together, we've, we've actually partnered in ministry a few times prior to this, but he's the one that really God used to, to bring me to Pella. Um, I thought I'd pastor the rest of my life. And, uh, but I've got a good friend here, Eben and Renee Carter. If they'll wave at us, um, he, is, he is my best friend, but he's also the director of the ministry that we're a part of. And um, so it's just amazing to see how God's putting the pieces together in a day and an hour that we're living in. Young man, thank you for the worship, the praise team. Can we give the Lord a great big hand clap for the praise team? So I, uh, I found this thing, How Do You Decide Who to Marry, written by children. I think by the time we get through with some of these stories, we will all need to stand and pray for our kids. That's all I can say. 
I like what Alan, age 10, said. You have to find somebody who likes the same stuff. If you like sports, she should like sports. Like you like sports. And she should keep the dips and chips coming. Oh my. Everybody pray for Alan. I love this one. Christian age 10 said, no person really decides before they grow up who they're going to marry. God decides it all way before. And you get to find out later who you're stuck with. <laughs> Bear with me just a few more. I love this one. How can a stranger tell if two people are married? Derek age 10 responded, you might have to guess whether they're yelling at the same kids. Everybody say, that's brilliant, Derek. That's brilliant. Lori, age 10, says this. What was asked, what do you think of your mom and dad, uh, excuse me, what do you think your mom and dad have in common? Her response was, both don't want kids anymore. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. Lynette, age 8, says this, was asked, uh, what do most people do on a date? She said, dates are for having fun. People should use them to get to know each other. Even boys have something to say if you listen long enough. <laughs> We're going to make this one the last one. This is my man, Ricky. This is my man, Ricky. There's a lot of wisdom here. He's age 10. He was asked, how would you make a marriage work? And Ricky said, tell your wife she looks pretty, even if she looks like a dump truck. <laughs> does, everybody, does everybody pray for Ricky? Ricky needs Jesus. Woo. Hey, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for all who have come here on this Sunday morning. And Father, in the, in the time that we have here, that you would do what you need to do. We're thankful, Lord, for the words of knowledge that went forward earlier today. And people got touched and people got restored. Uh, God, we're just thinking, we just give you thanks for what you're doing in the earth today. Holy Spirit, that you would come and breathe on every person today. Not only breathe upon them, but touch us, God. Touch us. Let the fire of God fall on each and every person. Let the river of God run through this place. Let the wind of heaven blow. And we want to see all of Des Moines shaken by your mighty hand. We're asking a bold, we're asking a big prayer, Lord, this morning, but we serve a big God. God, touch all those that are watching online this morning that could not be here today. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do here. Set every heart ablaze and may heaven's assignment, may heaven's assignment be revealed to everyone in this building today. Thank you for all you've done. And Father, I pray that miracles will continue to take place. Healings will continue to take place today in the name of Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor because there is none like you and there is none other. Amen. If you believe that this morning, can we give Jesus a great big hand clap? Oh, come on. Can we just give him a great big hand clap? Oh, he's our master. He's our savior. He's our deliverer. Woo. 
So I'm a little bit tender this morning, but it won't hold me back, I promise you. I was talking to Pastor Aaron coming in, and uh, so I came a little bit later. I love to come early. I love to just get right in the mix of what God's doing. And, and uh, we had an honor and a privilege to be with Pastor Aaron. It was some months ago, and my wife had some appointments in Des Moines. And, and so we just dropped, just dropped in, didn't call him, and just, just wanted to come in and say hello. And he we, we ran into him, and he walked in, he goes, I know you, just like that. And so he just showed us your facility. God is doing something amazing here. Can you just sense that? It's like, it's like God's preparing you guys for the more. You're, you're already in a season. I call it the season of the more, but I believe we're on the greatest. I believe we're in the beginning. Let's say this. We're in the beginning days. We're being the beginning stages of another great awakening. I'm gonna just release that in the house. That's what I've been doing over these last few months right now. We came off of a meeting in uh, this past weekend in uh, uh, Ottumwa, and uh, beautiful, beautiful people, uh, beautiful Pastor Mark, his wife, Jen, wonderful people. Uh, we, we had some things. We, we're going to pray for everybody. My wife and I, I'm so honored that my wife, she, she's, it's a rarity she's ever, Paula, I'm going to do this because it embarrasses you, but I love it. This is my babe. So I want my babe to stand up. This is my wife, my babe. And 30 years of marriage, we just celebrated. Pastor, I shared that in the church, and you know, afterwards, somebody came up to me and says, well, is this your first or second or third wife? I couldn't believe that. I was just like, where is this coming from? And I was like, no, it's just one, I promise. It's just one. And uh, so, uh, but, but I love her. And, uh, but last weekend, we began to pray for some people, and God began to move in, in a powerful way. The fire of God, like we have never seen, is moving in the earth. And uh, I want to I encourage you, um, if you'll be a spectator, you'll get exactly what you'll get. And that's being a spectator. Think about that. Uh, that's fine. I'm going to ask you, though, in just a few moments to really be a part of this and just get in to what the Lord's doing. And then when we pray for you, whatever God does, I tell everybody this, we don't push you. Uh, push you down on purpose. There are some times that the glory can get so heavy and so thick that it can feel that way. The hand can feel heavy, but that's not our intention. I tell people this, if you get pushed, push us back. Um, and we had a gentleman that was in a service just the other week and he told the pastor, he says, hey, I, I've just been around evangelists and boy, they get heavy handed and they push me and all that. And he says, well, just let Brian know to don't, don't, uh, don't, don't push. And he got up there. Well, uh, he said who he was and he says, I, I want you to lay hands on me though. And we barely touched him and the power of God touched him and not only touched him, but got him in the floor. And then here's what I tell people this. Uh, carpet time is okay in church. Somebody say amen. There's nothing like it. I'm just gonna tell you, there's nothing like it. But here's what I'm gonna share with you. Don't jump up. When God begins to move with you, we, we've had some people that could not get up last weekend. I think I can say this in this house and it'd be okay. It's not Brian, it's not Paula. It's, it's the glory of God coming into place. And he, that glory will begin to sustain you in a way. But we had, we had children that begin to prophesy. Uh, we had, I mean, it was, it was just, it was, an, uh, it was an amazing time that we had together. And we're so grateful. We had tremendous, some miracles that took place. And uh, that one night, Saturday night, we had a little over 30. Uh, and we got news later on, but a little over 30 that had received some type of a healing. 
Well, what they didn't know was I was praying for a healing for my back. And um, I have a cyst at the top of my shoulder. And, um, and so I had it to be, look to be removed this coming Monday. But my wife and I were fully prepared. God touched my back. You can do it. And I'll call the surgeon and say, we can't do it. And uh, well, you know what? Folks got saved. I mean, folks got filled with the Holy Ghost. Folks got uh, uh, healed. It was amazing. We didn't. We didn't get healed. And, and there, wasn't, there wasn't any, I've been in those moments in those lives where, you know, something hits you, a storm hits you, and you're asking God to touch and move. And all I can say is this. It didn't ask, I didn't, I've, I've gone through the stage of questioning. Just hear me. It's, it's okay to question the Lord. It really is. It really is. But I've gone through that and that, that part of it, you know what? His way is higher than my ways. I'm going to trust him and I'm going to trust him for the next healing. And I Because he's healed my body in all other kind of ways. But I just said, Lord, it's just a simple cyst. He's healed me. How many of you have ever been healed for real by a cold? You had a cold and God healed your cold. Raise your hand. There's not a lot of hands that go up. I had a brother come up to me one time. I had a bad cold when I was pastoring. He says, I just want to pray for you. His name was Tom. And I was like, yeah. And in, in my spirit, man, I'm just going to tell you where I was. I said, give me your best shot. I didn't say that to him, but I was just like, God's not. He touched my forehead and my head cleared up instantly. And I began to breathe good. And I mean, I began to rejoice. So no matter how little you think it is today, man, I call it the dancing hand of God. He knows right when to touch you, how to touch you, and he knows your needs. Somebody shout amen. amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So the title of my message, and I think we've got this up here, but simply the title of my message this morning is simply this, the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so if you're taking notes, I won't give you a ton of notes today, but if I could have, I probably should have retitled this. It's the Holy Spirit and fire. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, but uh, look at this with me, and I think we have it on the overhead. But if you have your Bibles, Luke, if you're a Bible junkie, somebody shout amen. Uh, Luke chapter 3, and I want you to look at a couple of verses here, verses 16 and 17. Luke chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And the Bible says this, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier, somebody say one mightier. Oh my, I tell you what, pastor, this is a good temperature in the house today. And I'm not talking about the thermostat. I'm just talking about the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. It's just a really good temperature in the house. So honored to be here with you this morning. But one mightier than I, one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody say fire. fire. Whoa. Verse 17, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Say fire again. If you're taking notes, this isn't a slide, but just write this down. Fire for the church is good. Fire for the church is good. Fire for the world is not. We'll almost say that again. Fire for the church is good. Fire for the world is not. It's a time to be serving Jesus today. It's a time to be living for him today. Oh God, would you let your fire fall in Des Moines again? 
my heavens. We're asking, let it begin today. And God, I ask that many today will become carriers, carriers of the fire. One more slide I want you to just uh, grab a hold of. It's found in Hebrews 13.8. If you've got your Bibles, turn there. Hebrews 13.8 and says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Can we say that together? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. One more time, a little bit louder. Jesus Christ is the same Woo, now you say it like you mean it. One more time, one more time. Jesus Christ. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I feel that. Come on, tell them, I feel that. Woo, I just want us all to believe it today, okay? I just want us all to believe, if we'll just believe that today, God will do something in our midst. I'm telling you, some of you that's never experienced the manifested presence of God in a level, maybe today will be your day in such a way. It's amazing. So I want to share with you what happens when fire falls. I want to share with you real briefly what happens when the fire falls. Several years ago, uh, there's a story, and it's told of something that happened in the Yosemite uh, National Park. Who's ever been to the I'm jealous. Raise your hand real big. Raise it. Okay. Okay. If you want to give to the Brian and Paula Fund to get us to Yosemite. I'm teasing. I'm te I will say this, Pastor. Uh, Put your hands down. Thank you. Uh, man, they just great people. They'll lift their hands up forever. I love that. I just love that. It's just great. Um, we're going to have fun today. Look at your neighbor and say, you came the right day. Ooh, we're just gearing up. We're just gearing up. Man. Um, I've got a friend, great friend. His name is Derek. He's a hedge fund manager. Makes makes gazillions. I don't know how much, but a lot. It's a lot of money. And that uh, used to be my youth worship leader when we pastored a youth group years ago. And uh, him and his wife, uh, they were called to be missionaries to Bangkok, Thailand. And so they're, they're forsaking everything. They have small children. And do you know what his mission is? This is crazy. I've never, I've never heard anything like this. He's going to some of the most, in, as you know, Bangkok is a major trading zone. It's international. It's, there's a lot of money there. Well, he's going in to minister and to see some of the wealthiest business people get saved. How many know the wealthy needs Jesus too? So it's amazing what the earth is doing. And so I just see it. I told him, I said, Derek, man. Could you imagine the funds that come through the American church, which is amazing, to help some of the poorest areas of the world? And all of a sudden, we start seeing some of the wealthiest of the world to get saved and to get filled with the Holy Ghost. That's his whole ambition. He's leaving it all to go do that. He's, very, he's a very intellectual man. If you, if you get to know him, he really is. But he, he loves the move of the Spirit. There's nothing like it. I've seen him worship behind a key for hours. Uh, just gets lost in the spirit. So his level of where the, really where the Lord has him in, it, it doesn't. He says, man, I need Jesus every day. I need the Holy Spirit every day. I love that about him. He's just a neat fellow. So I just, I just thought this was great that you guys just came back from Thailand. It's amazing. Um, let me get back to my story. So, but at Yosemite National Park, they had a spectacle called 
firefall. And they would gather all the trees. You gotta grab this this morning. They would, gather, they would gather all the trees that had fallen throughout the year and they would literally pile them up on a huge granite mountain. I've only seen it online. I've not seen it in person. Uh, granite mountain and it's located in Yosemite National Park. And it would be this huge stack, massive and masses of pieces of trees that had been gathered from all all over the forest and they would pour diesel fuel and kerosene on these trees and they would wait until the sun was going down and they would then light these huge, go with me this morning, they would light these big huge that were now big bonfires on the cliff of this granite mountain and, and they had bulldozers that were ready to push the massive burning trees off of the side of the massive granite mountain and they would come flying down like a cascade of fire. In a sense, it would look like waterfalls of fire. But just before they would do that, all the people that were gathered in a safe distance to watch the fire fall would cry out with a loud voice, and this was their tradition, let the fire fall and you would hear it go throughout the forest. And when they would say that, the bulldozers would begin to push those burning, I don't know about you, but I want to go one day. They would begin to push those burning trees off the fire and, uh, and the fire would fall and then they would have a big celebration. But there was a man who was there and he came back some years later and there was a season that they stopped this. Matter of fact, they just brought it back here recently, but during the season they had stopped it and, uh, there was a man that came back later years and he came at the same time. He was expecting to see the firefall. And he asked the ranger, when is the firefall? And the ranger said to him, I'm sorry, sir. We don't have the fire fall here anymore. We don't have it here anymore. Fire doesn't fall here anymore. I believe this morning that could be said of so many churches in America. So many, I don't think that here. I don't think that here. So many places and so many believers, no longer, no longer is there a bright burning bonfire, a praise, a, a glory in many places and worship and joy and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Now it just seems to be a flickering ember of once red hot fire. Gone is the praise. Gone is the glory. Gone is the enthusiasm, innocence, and excitement of serving the Lord. Listen to this if you have your Bibles. Don't worry about trying to turn to this, but you can jot this down if you're taking notes. Matthew 28, 8. Uh, remember the story, the five virgins that ran out of oil. And in the story, I had to say oil. I'm from the South, and I've been learning here in Iowa how to talk better. Uh, in Iowa, you guys say oil. In the South, we say oil. So everybody say oil. Oh, my gosh. Y'all did that well. Pastor, you got a great group here. My heavens. Man, if there's a word that you don't understand by the time we're over this morning, just see my wife afterwards. She will give you the interpretation. But let me mind you, I'm from South Carolina. She's from deep Alabama. 
And when she gets a going, she gets a going. But in a moment, we're going to get right into your kitchen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's come to get in my kitchen. Come on, tell him. I'm going to get right in your kitchen just a moment. In the story, you remember the story of the bridegroom coming? And they didn't have oil in their lamp. And the Bible says, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. One translation says it this way. Give us your oil for our flame is dying. Dying flames. Flames that were once ignited by the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Today, no longer burning brightly for God. Their countenance doesn't shine. Their spirit and their light does not shine in a dark world. Listen, we need his fire to fall in our midst. Can I get a witness? We need the fire of God to fall on us again. Come on, if you believe that today, can you give Jesus Jesus, a great big hand clap. Oh God, send the fire, send the fire. So if you're taking notes, what is the fire of God? Number one, I think I've got a slide for you. The fire of God is a symbol of God's deity and power. The fire of God is a symbol of God's deity and power. In Hebrews, don't turn there, just jot it down. Hebrews 12, 29, I'm gonna hit some short ones here, but I really wanna lay some scripture foundation to you. Hebrews, we're gonna talk a little bit about fire in the Old Testament, we know that, but we're gonna, we're gonna bring it to, to home plate in the New Testament. And uh, so in, in Hebrews 12, 29, it says, our God is a consuming fire. Malachi 3.2 says this, he shall sit at his refiner's fire and light launderer's soap. Isaiah 4.4 4 says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of burning. Isn't that something? Hear me again. It says he's the spirit of burning. We read Luke's account earlier, but Matthew 3.11, his account says very similar, uh, speaking of Jesus, shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. That was our main verse, but that was Matthew's account. Fire, secondly, if you're taking notes, number two is a sign of God's approval and acceptance. Brian, what are you saying here? You see, when they offered a offering unto the Lord, the way, this is speaking Old Testament, the way that they knew that the Lord approved and accepted that sacrifice, fire in the Old Testament would literally fall from heaven and consume that offering, and it was a symbol of acceptance and not only acceptance, but the approval of God. In Leviticus, in, in found in chapter 9, it said a fire went out from the presence of the Lord, and I love this, and consumed the sacrifice, and the people shouted and fell on their faces. Your Bible says that. It was the approval and it was the acceptance of God upon their sacrifices. In Genesis uh, chapter 15, it says, this is powerful. Abraham split five animals and lay half on one side and lay half on the other side. And he offered it as a sacrifice to God. And the Bible said there came a flickering fire. One translation, God descended in the form of a flame of fire and it 
walk between those sacrifices and there was nothing but a flame of fire, God was saying, I approve of the sacrifice. I love this story here. It's one of my favorites. When the father of Samson offered God a sacrifice, this story is found in Judges 13. The Bible says this, fire shot out the rock. Fire shot out the rock. And the scripture said, and an angel came down in the fire, and the Bible said that the angel of the Lord, you got to grab this this morning, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. Can you just imagine that this morning? It was a sign of God's approval. It was a sign of God's acceptance. Number three, the fire, I've actually got a fourth one, but we don't have a slide for it, but I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. But number three, the fire of God is a symbol of God's presence. Fire is a symbol of God's presence. Can we say that together? Fire, a symbol of God's presence. Listen, I love this. Uh, wherever God was, there was a demonstration of fire. Listen to Zechariah chapter two. I will be unto Jerusalem a, grab this, a wall of fire round about and the glory of the Lord in the midst of her. And when the children of Israel walked through the wilderness, the Bible said that God led them by a, you know the story, a pillar of fire. Egypt didn't see the fire. They were in darkness. They couldn't see it. Their enemies couldn't see it. But it was there was a fire over the nation of Israel, over the people of Israel, and they followed that fire, and that fire led them. That fire had a gilding effect. That fire had an illuminating effect. The fire had an energizing effect upon God's people. Listen, it's a sign of God's presence. And hear me this morning, the only fire that some churches have left is the fire in the kitchen. Boy, I'm going to step right on into there. Hey, listen now, listen, if we got preachers that are going to see the video, don't stop. Don't stop here. Keep, keep to the end. Some of us know what we're talking about. There's no fire in the pulpit. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know Pastor Aaron knows this. The, the, the time and days we're living in, I can tell in two seconds whether the man or woman of God's been preparing, been digging, and preaching that message. I can, I can, I'm just telling you. I remember one time, uh, Evan, you'll get a kick out of this because uh, you know who I'm about to talk about. But uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Wayne Neal, tremendous mentor in my life. We've known each other over 20 years. God used him in long-term revivals himself. And, uh, but, uh, but, 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 uh, uh, Pastor Wayne, I'd never forget this. I was on staff at his church and, and uh, we were there and we were in the office and he said, Brian, just wait here. And it was me and his, his uh, associate and uh, some other guys. And, and he said, Brian, uh, we're not going to be here this Sunday. Would it be okay for you to get uh, a message and to preach? And I said these words and boy, I regretted it. Man, I regretted it. I said, I'll just throw something together. <laughs> that was the wrong thing to say with Pastor Wayne. He went, he went evangelistic on me. Whoa, brother, you just stay seated. Don't you preach nothing. We got somebody else that'll cover it. Don't just throw something together. Don't just put something together. I'll never forget that day. Oh, I, I, everything in me wanted to go. But you know what? I needed that. 
It, you know what I did that week? Boy, I dug and I dug and I dug and I preached down the hallway. I preached to all the staff. I gave my points one, two, and three and man, we had a tremendous service that Sunday. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The, the, there's no fire in the pulpit. There's no fire in the pews. There's no, I wasn't gonna leave nobody out. There's no fire in the singing. There's no fire in the choir. Come on, somebody. Did you know choirs are coming back? And the pastor just went, I can't believe he said that. Woo, choirs, hear me, are coming back. My heavens, that's how I got started singing. My wife and I, we sang in the choir. Sang, y'all say sang? Oh yeah, it's a little bit different. See, it's a little bit different, you with me. Guess what, it's flat T awesome. Don't ask me where that came from. It came from the beaches of South Carolina. I don't know where I got it, but I remember preaching one day and I said, I couldn't think of anything, but that was flat T awesome. And the one person hung up on that whole entire, people were healed, people were saved, and we were walking out and he said, sir, what's flat T awesome mean? What's flat T? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So don't ask me that. Don't ask me that today. Don't ask me that today. Oh my, there's no fire in people's prayers. There's no fire in their praise. Now I know I'm preaching to the choir today. One preacher, I love this, Charles Spurgeon, he said it this way, put some fire in the sermon or put the sermon in the fire. Somebody shout amen. I think that's still good preaching, somebody. Come on. We need the fire of God. Lord, let the fire fall on Sunshine Church this morning in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, stand to your feet this morning and give Jesus a great big hand clap. Oh, God, send the fire. Oh, God, send the fire. Oh, God, send the fire. Oh my, give about three or four people a high five and sit down just for a moment. Give about three or four, give a high five. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I'm not knocking, here we go. I pastored for a lot of years. Programs have replaced passion and power. Don't get me wrong, we gotta make disciples. Somebody shout amen. We do, but listen to me, listen to me. It's time for fire to fall. When worship, oh, this is good praise team. When worship becomes highly mechanical, it's time for fire to fall. Hey, you just stick with me. I'll, I'll pick on you here in just a minute. I'll get everybody covered. When we are bathed in immorality, man, boy, some of us just went, whoo, he just went there. Hey, hang on here, hang on. When you are bathed in immorality and our heart is no longer convicted, it's time for the fire to fall. Somebody shout amen. Woo, if I missed you, I'm gonna get you on this last one. When nudity is called art and believers are okay with it, invading our home, it's time for fire to fall. Somebody shout amen. Woo. I had somebody on the back row said, I can't believe he just said that. I can't believe he just said that. Hang with me. Timothy 1.6 says this, therefore I remind you to stir up. This is kind of a little bit of a boring translation. Hang with me. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. One translation says this, rekindle the fire. That is within you. Stir up the gift, or in other words, fan the flame. Keep it burning. Fire comes from the Lord, but we have to keep it burning. Oh, this is a word, Pastor. I hear this one. God will send the fire, but you have to put wood on the fire. Oh, come on. 
If you don't put wood on the fire, it's just a matter of time that all you have is ashes. My heavens. Maybe you're here today and you have ashes where there used to be fire. Hang in there with me this morning. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm feeling something right now. Just lift your hands in the air. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. He didn't say to praise him with our minds. He didn't say to praise him just with our hands. and our, That's part of it. But he, he said praise him with your lips. Why? Because the bigger praise we give him, the bigger God shows up. The little praise we give him, you can finish the rest of the story. Oh, God, we need you in this place today. Have your way in this place today. So what is putting wood on a fire? Listen to me. Bible reading is wood. We uh, preached... Uh, Pastor Aaron, you'll get a kick out of this. We preached, uh, you came to one of those Monday nights, but after that, that Monday night, there's a fellow in that church, him and his fiance, and his name is Sean, and uh, he's Dutch. He's a Dutch boy, and, uh, and he, he just, Pastor Doug called me throughout the week, and he said, that guy is unbelievable. I said, what's going on? He said, well, he, he recommitted to the Lord. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was out in the yard and got baptized in the Holy Ghost. We just talked about it. He got baptized. He wanted it. He says, God, if it's in your Bible and it's for me and you're the only one that knows how to give good gifts, then I'm going to ask you to give me a gift. He gets filled with the Holy Ghost right there in his yard. But I like this part. The next time I saw him, he says, Brian, I can't put my Bible down. He says, I am reading. I am reading. He goes, I never read the Bible. I was never taught to really read the Bible. And he says, I was just reading. He, he told me, he says, I read all through Proverbs in one sitting, one sitting. And then he says, I read half of Psalms in another sitting. Half of Psalms. That's a whole lot of reading. Come on, in a sitting. Come on now. That's a lot. Woo. But there's a hunger there. What was he doing? He was putting a log on the fire. Bible reading is putting a log on the fire. Guess what? Prayer is wood that you put on the fire. Praise is wood. <laughs> that you put on the fire. Living holy, I'm gonna get everybody here this morning. Living holy is the wood that you put on the fire. Uh-oh, I'm meddling now. Forgiving your enemies is the, is the, I'm gonna go on this side. Forgiving your enemies is putting wood on the fire. Are you with me? This side's gonna get with us in just a moment. You just gotta help us out over here. You just gotta help us out over here. Woo, this last one, come on now. Resisting temptation when nobody's looking is putting wood on the fire. Somebody shout amen. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Keep the firebox full. Write that in your notes. Write that in your notes. Keep the firebox full of wood. What is wood? Those things we just talked about. First Thessalonians 5.19 says this, quench not the spirit. Don't put fake logs in there. What are you saying, Brian? We need the real thing in this hour. Hear me. We need the real thing. We don't need to, we don't need to be a fakey Christian. Everybody say fakey. I don't even know if that's a word. Just forgive me. That's a Southern thing too. But fakey, don't be no, don't be no fakey Christian. Hear me now, what are you talking about? That acts like we got real heat and fire, but deep down inside we don't have it. Oh, man. 
William Booth. How many of you have ever heard that name? Just a few of you. I'm going to bring him back here in just a moment. God's had me with him. But William Booth was the, basically the beginning, the founder of the Salvation Army as we know it today. But William Booth knew what he needed. And if we'll grab a hold of this, I believe it's what the church needs in this hour, Pastor Aaron. I think we're in this moment right now. But William Booth, he knew what he needed. And he began to write down, some say it was a poem, but long story short, it became a hymn. We've sang it over the years. It, you have to blow the dust off of it occasionally. There's a new rendition of it now, way better than the one out of your hymn book. That hymn book is just, I love old hymns, not all of them. Not all of them. Listen, can I help you? I'm going to meddle right now. I'm going to help you right now. We can get so caught up in liking this worship and not liking that worship and this style and that style, and we'll lose who we're worshiping. And his name is Jesus. He's our Messiah. He's our Savior. Can somebody shout amen? Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we ought to be singing everything out there. Boy, well, especially songs that all they talk about is me and you. I don't get that, man. I come to worship Jesus. I come to lift him up because he said if he be lifted up, he'll draw everybody unto him. But William Booth knew what he had to have to do the work called God called him to. He wrote these words and it became a hymn. And this is just one of the verses. It says, now listen to this. It says, tis fire we want, for fire we plead. The fire will meet our every need. He knew something. I felt the Holy Ghost just another. Give us strength to always do what's right and grace to conquer in the fight. For power to walk this world in white, sin the fire today. And then it would just go into a send the fire, send the fire, send the fire today as the Lord said he would. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I hope you get a fresh touch of the fire today. Come on, preach with me. Tell them, say, I hope you get a fresh touch of the fire today. You need a fresh touch of the fire today. How many of you here today would just like to have a brand new touch of fire in your life today? Come on, lift your hands, lift your hands. Woo, man, man, oh man, oh man, oh man. There's something about it. Uh, uh, that's what we need. I believe this is what we need. Uh, Pastor Aaron, it'll heal our families. My heavens. It'll burn out addiction and habits and give deliverance to people who have demons clinging on them. Somebody say out, amen. amen. There's something about the fire of God that makes the devil run. Somebody shout glory. I like old Jeremiah, the prophet. He's what I call the old, he had the old Pentecostal fever. <laughs> Woo! He said, I've got the word in me and it's like a fire shut up in my bones. He didn't know how to describe it. I just love that old Jeremiah. He was a preacher running a temperature. Jeremiah 5, 14 said, he said, I will make my words in your mouth a fire. We need the cloven tongues of fire that Acts chapter two talked about. It wasn't a of their imagination. It's just what they could describe at that moment. The disciples, you remember the story, are on the road to Emmaus and they had holy heartburn. Look at your neighbor and says, have you had holy heartburn? They had holy heartburn. Somebody just, I just heard somebody whisper, I've never asked anybody in a church setting ever if they have holy heartburn. Just stay with me, stay with me now. 
the Bible says, did not our hearts burn within us as he, Jesus, spoke the words of life? We have a lot of hot heads, come on, but we need a lot more hot hearts. Somebody shout amen. We need a holy heartburn. David of your Bible said he had a band of men whose hearts God had touched. A band of men whose hearts God had touched. Have we become too callous, church? Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Have I been in this too long? Has it become just a commonplace that God can't touch my heart any longer? That God can't move me anymore. That God can't change and transform me anymore. Oh, Isaiah got a touch of fire. Angel flew, and you know the story. He took a live coal from off the altar of heaven. I don't know fully what all that looks like. That's just amazing. But in Isaiah 6, he touched his lips, and he had blazing lips. And he said, here am I, send me. Oh, John the Baptist had the fire. He had the fire, and the people came from the cathedrals, are you with me, to the caves to hear him preach. You see, the fire is necessary for growth. The fire is necessary for growth. Lord, we don't ever want to be the same. We don't ever want to be the same when we leave this place today. Ever, ever the same. You said glory to glory. And so God, we just ask that in this place today. In California, just hear me on this. You'll some of you will get with me a little quicker. I'm going to stay close. This is a story that I just was able to find, and this just was appropriate to where we're at. True story. But grab a hold of this, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll go with me. In California, where the great redwood trees grow, anybody been to the redwood forest? And again, uh, the fund is Brian Davis. I'm just, just teasing. <laughs> Pastor Aaron's like, he ain't never coming back. <laughs> That preacher took two offerings. I'll come back and help you with an offering for Thailand. You just let me know. I'll help you with it. We'll take a good one too, brother. We'll take a good one. Everybody, when they go to give, they go put it in the plate, they'll go, ugh. <laughs> That's when you know you've given. Ugh. <laughs> it's like, or, or you hear this. I'll never forget. I was in the service one time. And the guy behind me goes, oh my gosh, it's the third time I emptied out my savings account in one year to the Lord. About to die, and I was going, Praise God, because God set you up for something. I don't know what it is. Woo! Don't get quiet on me now. Don't get quiet on me now. Don't, whoa, come on now. Come on. Woo! Oh, man, your money's safe. I had a preacher. I had a preacher friend. Eben knows him too. We, we, we go to, a, Eben was with me, I think, but we go to a place, and there's a good, there's a good communicator, man. And the preacher friend looked at us and he says, take your money that you got in your pocket. I know you brought an offering. You always prepared to bring an offering. Preachers prepared to always bring an offering when you go here. And uh, so we put it in there. And he said this. He got out of the, the truck and he says, we're going in. I just want you to know. And I'm not going to name this preacher's name. Everybody in this room would know him. And he goes, I just, it takes money for ministry. I get that. He says, just take half of your money and stick it in your back pocket. I'm like, what? He said, just, just do what I say. And we got in there. And that guy, he just had an anointing to take up an offering. He not only got my front pocket, he got my left pocket, he got my back pocket. I just, for you, it was over with. And we go leave, and he goes, 
I bet neither one of you preachers has got any money to go pay for a hamburger. And all of us, except the one that told us, all of us didn't have no money. And so that preacher took us and got hamburgers. He says, he shook his head and says, I told you, I told you to put half that money in there. It's kind of one of them, that, I don't know where I'm going with that. Just forgive me, just forgive me. Hang with me, hang with me, hang with me. They had a problem, they had a problem some years ago with the redwood trees growing because they were becoming extinct. Did you know that? It's a true story. Rangers were so careful to put fires out when lightning would strike. They would quickly be on it, how? Through modern, go with me, through modern technology, modern advancement. They could put the fires out quickly and it was so quick that the fire couldn't burn off the crustacean off of the seeds. And the, some of you, boy, there's lights, ping, 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 ping. And the seeds couldn't germinate. Therefore, new trees were not springing up. I want you to understand what I'm saying. Before the park rangers had all the technology and all the modern things that they had, lightning would strike in the forest and start a fire. And that fire would burn and it would get hotter and hotter. And any of those seeds that had fallen, the fire would get so hot, it would burn the crustacean off of that seed. And the callousness, the hardness off that seed would be burned off. Some of you getting with me now. Then that seed, then that seed, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. That seed germinates. It would germinate and a new crop, a new generation of redwoods would come up. But when they start, but when they start, hear me, when they started putting the fire out and not letting the fire burn and in not letting it burn hot, notice the next generation of trees were too hard-hearted. Boy, pastor, you got some good people here. They tried to control the fire, manipulate the fire, and some have grown cold. I'm speaking to my own family members, and callous, and their heart has become hardened. But if, look at your neighbor and say, but if, we will let the fire fall again. Let it burn off the shell of coldness. It can burn off the shell of worldliness off of our heart. If, if, if we get on fire, listen to me, I've seen it a million times, our children will get on fire. Oh, it gets better. Our children's children will get on fire. I like to have, if we would, the, the praise team to come up. I can remember when I was a child, Pastor Aaron, and I don't know about you, but I, I'm, not, I'm not advocating us to go back to Sunday night services, but I remember I was raised up in a Pentecostal work. I was United Methodist as a kid for a season, but, uh, but it was a Pentecostal, and something about Sunday night, you just didn't want to miss it. Back in, I'm talking like back in the days. How many know what I'm talking about? Back in the days. I mean, I'm telling you what, you, you went to church sick. 
You went to church with a fever because God's going to heal you when you got to the church. It's just going, mom and daddy just, oh, but daddy, I'm sick. You're coming to church. That's just the way it was. Because God's going to do, my dad be driving a car and he'll look at his, I'll never forget it. My mom says, wonder what the Lord's going to do tonight. Hey, just in general, let's don't even talk about Sunday night, just in church general. Boy, there were some days where I kind of feel like that's happening here, though. In a good, there, people are excited about, hey, what's, what's God going to do in church today? How's he going to move today? Who's he going to heal today? Who's, I tell you what, that's logs we're putting on the fire. Somebody shout amen. We're putting logs on the fire. But we love church. We couldn't wait to get there to see what God was doing. I believe God is doing something in the earth. What happens when the fire falls? This is the last point. I don't have a slide for you, but people acknowledge God. See, the people fell on their faces. We we shared this earlier. They said, the Lord, he is God. The fear of the Lord came to them. The Lord, he is God. They acknowledge God. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says when the Holy Spirit had come, everybody shout come. They were all filled. Everybody shout filled. And he still fills today. Somebody shout amen. Boy, I tell you what, I've been in places, I'm, I'm not kidding you too. If there was, a, well, you got a door back there, but I'm going to use it here. Boy, we, yeah, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm meddling today. It's right through these doors right here. You just go in these doors, shut the door, calm, cool, and collective. That's where you can get it. You can get it. Like what? Now, I'll tell you what we did. We did have a side room. We were in a tremendous revival, 18 months. We had to put people, Evan, true story. We took them to the side room because they would start to convulse. They were getting delivered of demonic spirits. It just happened. Well, I could tell you stories upon stories. Guess what happens? We get them in there, because you know what? We didn't want to scare everybody. And we sure didn't want to, but you know what? Sometimes, all, you know what? That happened, begin to manifest. Teenagers come up there, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. It's like, I saw a horror movie, but now I'm seeing it real life. I need, I need, the, I need something. I, I just need something. Just give me something. I need something. But, but we, we got wisdom on this and we would bring them back there they would get delivered but the reason is some and I, I'm saying this on T come back and hear your pastor next week it's going to be good but true story Pastor Aaron there was so much of that going on we replaced the carpet every 90 days in that room it was that messed up you know the percentages are now of Christians not possessed I don't believe that I don't believe a born again Christian be possessed, but they can be harassed. There's some addictions that you're dealing with. We're going to believe God today. We're going to, we're going to break them off because the fire of God is going to touch your life. Some of you here are so longing to be set free. I feel it right now in the atmosphere. You don't even know how to articulate it. You come in and you wave your hand and you give the glory, hallelujah, but you get right back into bondage on Monday. And guess what? I'm not picking on you. I'm saying there's hope and there's healing for you today. Because he's our healer. He's our comforter. And thank God you hadn't let that keep you back. It hadn't keep you bound in the house. You've been still able to come to church. God bless you. That's wonderful. That's great. But I believe God wants to set us free tonight or today. So the Bible says this. 
It says, uh, when the Holy Spirit had come and they were all filled, the Bible says the fire of God began to appear, sat upon each of them. In verse 37 of Acts 2, it says this. Now, when they heard this, they're seeing all this stuff going on. Everything happening. They were cut to the heart, the Bible says, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Can you believe this? I've been in services where pastors, we get together and they look over at me and they go, what shall we do? Because of what God, when he begins to move and break out, where, where do we go next? Should I read a scripture? I mean, you just, any good preacher, oh gosh, any good pastor, it's always good. Oh, this is the appropriate time to read that verse and it's good. But God's doing something in the earth right now. He's doing it. God will move when he wants to move. He'll move how he wants to move. But here's the deal. If you want him to stay, hear me, I'm talking manifested. He's always with us. Born to stay, it's real simple. You honor. You honor his presence. You honor. Man, who likes to be thanked? Oh, you're you're in this room? You're a rarity. Don't raise your hand because I don't want to point you out. But if you're sitting in this room and you really don't like to be thanked, when you do something nice for somebody, you really, I, I don't need anything. The one that tells me they don't need to be thanked, deep down inside they're going, well, I wish they would have thanked me. They leave. They leave the process and goes, well, I gave them that. They didn't even say that. And then your wife goes, well, you said you didn't want thank you. Right? We get crazy like that, don't we? We do. Jesus heals those 10 lepers. And the Bible says one comes back to give him praise and to give him thanks. But Jesus goes, Weren't there, where's the other nine? He likes to be thanked. It's big to him. When Jesus feeds the 5,000, 10,000, 12,000, however many you want to say it, it's a bunch with the, with the loaves and the fishes. Read your Bible again. It says before he broke that bread and he broke that fish, he says, Father, I give you thanks. It gets better. It gets better. You remember old Lazarus? He's going to shut up in that grave. He's dead. Everybody in the world saying he's dead. And Jesus keeps telling them, sisters, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. He, that's how he sees that. Is that not powerful? God is so powerful that death, what we see, Jesus says, huh, he's just sleeping. Because when I touch him and I tell him to come up, he got to come. He's just got to come, right? Oh, I love this part. Look at your Bible. I love this translation, Pastor Aaron. He looks up into the heavens and he says, Father, I love this. I thank you that you always hear my prayer. Oh, Thanksgiving's huge. You can't thank him enough. Listen, when God touches you today, I promise you he will. I promise you. I promise you. There's a desperation in the room. You nailed it. I did say this though. I looked over at my wife and I said, well, if he starts talking about the fire of God coming, then I said, then that's all of my message and we're done. And this is going to be great. We're just going to go, Pollock says, we go straight to the altar call. I love that. Isn't that good? Man, you were like all, I mean, I was like, I was like, okay, okay, he's hitting on some spots here. This is good. He said, I was sitting there going, don't let him say fire. Don't let him say fire. Don't let him say fire. Woo, because the Holy Spirit knows what we need. Somebody shout amen. The Holy Spirit came in that upper room and it filled them. He filled them. The fire of God appeared as cloven tongues of fire. 
Uh, Evan, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but Pastor, I know I haven't, but that's been prophesied in our ministry that we would again one day see cloven tongues of fire. We got close one time, here recently, real close. I mean, I was kind of doing this, kind of looking, because it, it was hot. It was just hot. I want everybody, if you would, just bow your head and your hearts with me. This is how I felt like, and this is how I felt like the Lord wanted to orchestrate this tonight or today. I don't know why I'm on tonight. Maybe it just means we're going to pray for everybody. We're going to stay here till tonight. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Pastor said, I got to get some rest, Brian. I got to get some rest. I was praying for Pastor Aaron this week, just to refresh him, renew him. Well, I've been in some of them airports, and that's not fun. I want to talk to just uh, every eye closed in this place. I want to, I want to give a, an invitation to different categories of people here today. Maybe you're in one of three of these. Maybe you're here today and you've never been in a service like this. I would like to ask you a simple question. What would happen if today was your last day on earth? You went home you put your head on your pillow tonight and you breathed out your last breath. Where would you go? Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know that there is a heaven to gain, but there is a hell to shun. Today, Jesus stands before you and he says this, come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn that my yoke is easy. That's a process. And my burden is light. That's a process. Will you come to him and say, yes, Lord. Today I surrender. Today I give my life to you. Today I repent of my sins. Wash me clean. Set me free. I want to serve you. What you have experienced and maybe seen or felt today is not man's power, but it's God's power. And he's saying, come. It's very real. The Lord is calling you. Will you surrender? I feel some people on the edge of their seat right now. This is good. Maybe you came here today and said, Brian, this is number two. I've never been around church in a while. There was a time I used to be on fire, but I allowed the things of the world to come in and I lost my passion, my first love. This is what we're seeing today. People are describing, what are you seeing out there? I'm seeing pastors, leaders, church folk, worship, they're, they're coming back to their first love like never before. Oh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. This is really what we're seeing in the days that we're living in. And it's amazing days that we're living in. Maybe you lost your joy. Maybe you lost your peace. Maybe you've allowed crazy stuff to happen. You've hidden deep down in your heart pride, me this is not picking on you this is really really what I felt the Lord was wanting to go today pride unforgiveness bitterness jealousy anger lust I allowed those things to come and put the fire out but I want to come back today I want the fire of God reignited in my life Maybe it's something outward you got involved in and the devil has used it against you to bring guilt and condemnation. We talked about this a little bit earlier today. But today you say, I'm coming back. You see, it's the deepest thing of the heart. I'm gonna say that again. 
It's the deepest thing of the heart that no one sees, or it's the outward thing that people worry about what other people will say or think. Oh, I hear the Lord saying this this morning, forget about what other people think. I'm not letting anybody hold me back this morning. I'm getting everything I need to get today. I need Jesus to show up in my life. Then lastly, maybe you're here today or, or watching from your home online and you say, I was doing great, Brian. I was doing well. And then a storm came out of nowhere and hit me so hard. Maybe it was a sudden illness. The betrayal of a close friend, boy, that hurts. The loss of a job, the loss of a loved one. Something happened that rocked your world. It took your breath away. But today the Lord says, come. Man, I feel this. There's several of you here dealing with that right now. I'm, the Lord's saying, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to renew you. I'm going to revive you. And listen, you need to hear this this morning. He loves you. If this is you and you fit in any one of these categories, and I'm going to just, just in a moment, just as a, as, a, as a process here, I want to count to three, and I want you to, but when I count to three before I do, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand up in just a moment, but, but I'm going to ask you just to say, Brian, I want to be included in this prayer today. But you're saying, I need prayer. So when I count to three, I want you to just slip your hand up as quick as you can. You ready? One, if you're in one of three of these areas today, one of three of these things we can do. On the count of three, just lift your hand up very quickly. One, two, three. Hands up all over the place. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Oh, God bless you, ma'am. Keep them up. Wow. Keep them up. Now I do this, and this is where God has me. Put your hand down just for a moment. Every eye closed in this place. I'm going to say it one more time. Somebody's heart is beating out of their chest. Maybe it's a few of you. It is beating out of your chest. I call that the dancing hand of God. His presence has just come on in your chest. He's come into the inner being of your body and his finger is touching your heart. And he's saying, today's the day. Today's the day. But you say, Brian, before you pray, I, I, I didn't raise my hand with the first group and it was a lot. But the second time, oh, oh just remember, it, it, I'm gonna lift my hand up again. If that's you, thank you, sir. Thank you. Is there another? Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. God just knows how to do that, when to do it. Just knows that. Anybody else? That's two more. Thank you, young man. Thank you, ma'am. See, this is, this is, I'm telling you, the, the, the glory is in the house, and he's just moving. But here's the deal. It's going to get deeper here in just a moment. I can't explain it, and sometimes it's better just to experience it. That's what I've come to know. So I'm going to ask you all over this place. My wife and I, Paula, we're going to pray for everybody here that wants to be prayed for. But especially those that raised your hand, there'll be others. If you're here today and you need a healing, you need a healing in your body. You, some of you got healed earlier today. You need to testify about that. But maybe you responded today and you still feel the same. God just hasn't healed you yet. I always say that. God hasn't healed you yet, but maybe now. Man, don't, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. But you're here sick in body. I'm going to ask you to come. We, this past weekend, we had over 30 people, 30 people acknowledge and give testimony of God healing their body out of the hands that were raised. We're so thankful but we want to pray for you this morning. So if that's you, you lifted your hand or 
You just need a touch from heaven. You want a touch from heaven. I'm going to ask you that everybody that would stand to their feet all over this place. My heavens. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're just going to ask you to come. Just, just make your way. Just come. If, if for some reason you're elderly, we, we saw this last weekend. We saw some of our elderly people. No joke. I'm just telling you. They got their youth back, Pastor Aaron. We had a guy. He felt like I, I said, I, I, said, I felt 17 years old, and he's 74. God's doing something in the earth that we're in today. Let's just believe that for you today. So we love all the generations that come. So, but if you're, if your knees or you're, you just can't stand for long periods of time, we're not trying to have marathon. We got front rows here. Listen to me. Here's the, here's the importance. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. I got saved at an altar. I got healed in an altar. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in an altar. There's something about the altars that we're in. So everybody, at the sound of my voice, just make your way. And I want you to come and don't kneel yet. Don't kneel. Just come. Just come. 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 We're going to pray for you. Just come. 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 This happened. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Can we give Jesus a great big old hand clap? Come on, make your way here. Yeah. Those of you that are sick in body and you can't stand up for very long, we want you to come and find you a place in the front row. Sit down, get comfortable. We will pray for everybody. Um, I just need our leaders to help us as we start moving through with people. Uh, we don't want to miss anybody. If we don't, if we, we may come to you, sir, and pray for you, but we may skip your wife and we may head back over this way. All I can tell you is this. He's going to lead us into the throne room like he did this morning. He's just, I, I have found when you just, your audience today, and you know this, is the audience of one, and his name is Jesus. And there's something that begins to happen when we do that. And so we want you to worship. Do we have a song ready? Uh, we're going to get ready to sing this song with him. Just for a few moments, I want you to lift your hands all over this place as we worship the Lord. And then we're just going to come through and we're going to pray for everybody. Sometimes my wife and I will get prophetic. We'll have words of knowledge. We may say that to you. We may not. Um, we just, we just.